0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's you doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy limitless possibilities with over 100 million available color combinations and bose personal plus system in the boldly new 2021 nissan kicks bose is the registered trademark of the bose corporation color combinations include interior and exterior colors customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating nissan dealer see dealer for details The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's and Crest Hill, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Navo and 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to another edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score and, I might add, the I'm Fat Podcast, Mr. Zawoski. How are you doing today, man? How you holding up?
1: I'm doing good. We are at the point of the year where I'm in my basement, as I always am, to record the Madhouse podcast and the I'm Fat podcast. Thanks for mentioning that, by the way. Uh, but the air conditioning is not in my house, so my basement is roughly 40 degrees right now, <laughs> which sounds wonderful until you're sitting in it. And uh, I am really, really cold. If you hear me shivering <laughs> during the podcast, you'll know why. Uh, we're very easy to get in touch with, by the way. Follow us on Twitter at madhouse pod we're at madhouse pod at gmail.com and our facebook page is the ridiculous facebook.com slash madhouse hockey shy c-h-i because the guy who we're owns so Mad ha- madhouse pod will not give it to me because he's a wiener actually he's under no obligation to give me anything i just figured
0: and I he's al- isn't he also incommunicado so we don't technically know if he's a wiener
1: it's a good jimmy buffett song incommunicado I
0: mm-hmm. thought you were to say incommun- incommunicado wiener. That's the song.
1: Oh, th- not yet. I'm sure he's working his way <laughs> up to that. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Not a ton on the Hawks radar. Um, obviously, everyone's minds are elsewhere off the ice at this time with everything happening in the world with coronavirus and, of course, with um, the murder of George Floyd. That's been uh, front and center in everybody's mind. And um, that's where we're going to start today's show. We're not going to preach to you. You guys know how James and I feel, but I think it's noteworthy when Jonathan Taves and Zach Smith and really James, a lot of players individually in the NHL have really been on point with their messaging. They've done a really good job of saying the right things, not leaving things out, not softening their stances. It's been really, really impressive and two Blackhawks, uh, Zach Smith, remember him, and Jonathan Taves, uh, two of the best statements that have been issued.
0: Yeah, I definitely have noticed that I think the team statements have been fairly meh, which they generally are. I mean, we all are are familiar with brands trying to make big statements on societal issues, and generally it's just like, you know, this is pretty tepid, whatever, like kind of standard uh, boilerplate language for all of them. It's essentially, you know, whatever. But then the players, like you said, I think have done a really good job of emphasizing how different this situation is. And I think they have all done a very good job of articulating the fact that they understand that what's going on now is particularly momentous because everybody can say – all they want that they want, you know, peaceful protest and all that. But where has peaceful protest kind of gotten us? And a lot of players have kind of hit that uh, message. And Jonathan Taves was definitely one of them. Would you like me to read some of Mr. Taves statement for those listeners of ours who weren't able to uh, catch it?
1: You should. And we should say that this came from his Instagram and the video he posted was a I would say a middle aged African-American guy with a guy in about his 30s sort of arguing about how to handle things and then towards the end a 16 year old kid gets pulled into it and they, they they basically tell him it's up to you to handle things differently and it's up to you to change the, to change the world uh it's really a powerful video it's easy to find it's not just jonathan taze's instagram it's been making the rounds around social media but there's the context of what he's posting about
0: yeah and it obviously like he Taves has been known as a guy who's been very socially aware. Like he very clearly has a social conscience, but I still think that there were some in the hockey community that were a little bit surprised with how open and transparent and frankly, just uh, very. He talked about it extensively, and I think a lot of people were kind of surprised by that. They probably think that Jonathan Taves is this kind of reserved guy, but the reality is, is he's a very thoughtful dude, and I thought he really. He hit a lot of really good notes in his message and I'll read uh, two passages that I think are probably the best representations of that. A lot of people may claim these riots and acts of destruction are a terrible response. I'll be the first to admit that as a white male, that was also my first reaction. But who am I to tell someone that their pain is not real, especially when it's at a boiling point and impossible to hold in anymore? It's obviously coming from a place of truth. This reaction isn't coming out of thin air. I'm not condoning or approving the looting, but are we really going to sit here and say that peaceful protesting is the only answer? There's been plenty of time for that, and if it was the answer, we would have given it our full attention long ago. And then he goes on later in the message to say, My message isn't for black people and what they should do moving forward. My message is to white people to open our eyes and our hearts. That's the only choice we have. Otherwise, this will continue. And I thought that his line about peaceful protesting is something that I've I've been thinking about that a lot. That there's a lot of people who have been like saying, "Oh, like peaceful," including elected officials. Like this includes Lori Lightfoot, J.B. Pritzker. This includes everybody. They all can continue to talk about the value and the impact of peaceful protesting. But the question has to be asked at this point, does peaceful protesting do anything, especially when you have leaders like President Trump who have decreed decried peaceful protesting like Colin Kaepernick and just said that it's this horrible thing called him, you know, sons of bitches and whatever else. Clearly peaceful protesting by itself isn't going to do anything. And I thought that it was really important that Jonathan Taves brought that up and that he wasn't judging the actions of the protesters and more importantly, wasn't judging them through the prism of what looters and other agitators are doing outside of that. I thought it was just a really good overall message and really impactful when I read it.
1: I agree. And I think one common theme we've seen from a lot of these hockey players is the fact that they're sort of saying, it's time for us to listen. It's time for us to stop telling people what they should do and how they should feel and hear what people are saying about their experience and about what they've gone through and about the things they go through every day. And that's been, you know, James, you know me. I, I grew up in Oakland. I, I, I did not I did not have I'd go to school with a black person until high school. My high school, St. Lawrence, had single-digit number of black uh, people in it. It was uh, more uh, Mexican and, and Latino than than black. Um, I didn't really have a black friend until college, and you have to kind of, I, I, I say unlearn, and I, I think that's, for in my case, it's a, it's a hard thing to say because I was not raised racist in any way, shape, or form, but I just didn't have the experience with other people. I didn't understand their culture, and it was hard for me to, you know, like a lot of people are looking at these protests now as... I don't like, why is this good? It's hurting the cause. Well, you know, keep your mouth shut for a minute and listen, hear what people are saying. And I mentioned this, uh, um, I don't know, it must've been the I'm fat podcast. I don't know what else it would be, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote for the LA times. Uh, I think it was late last week. So check that out. He sort of shed some light on that. And there's so many resources on why things happen the way they do. Um, just open your mind, open your heart. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a cliche. I mean, literally, give it a consideration. You know, I know everyone sort of, you know, uh, dug in on their sides and everything, but this is not political. This is a human rights issue. That's it. It's got nothing to do with left or right or red or blue. None of that. It's it's not. It's people, black people need to stop being murdered at the hands of police. I don't know. Like, and every other thing systemically that leads to that needs to be repaired. And it's a huge issue. And if there's any sort of silver lining that comes out of this, it's that this has been the biggest response I've ever seen to anything like this. And maybe it was the perfect storm of everybody working from home because of the coronavirus. People irritated, people already sort of angry and testy about things because of the way this spring has gone with everybody stuck at home. And it was just a perfect storm for this to finally get the attention it deserves. And this one doesn't feel like the other ones where there's some protests for a few days and then things sort of die down and get back to normal. And then like, Oh, another one happens. and like, all right, there's some more protests. And then that's over. This feels like a movement. This feels like something that's going to have some lasting power. And you saw videos of George Floyd's daughter on the back of George Floyd's brother saying, daddy changed the world. And I think I think that's true. I think for the first time in my life I'm seeing a real movement in terms from and and from white people jumping on and maybe people that you know hadn't in the past been on this side of things. Kendall is a good example. She's someone I've had on podcasts before and she was very critical of Colin Kaepernick when he took his knee and she issued a statement the other day saying you know what? I was being willfully ignorant during that time. I was wrong. I've reevaluated. And, um, that's someone who's looking internally and trying to be better. And that's all we can do. You know, you don't have to be dug in at where you're at now. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to consider other things. And that's all I'm saying is just hear people out. It's, it's not easy to understand, but try, that's it. Just try.
0: Yeah. Just do not try it as I always, I always say this and it's something that I've tried to live my life by. It's always to listen to other people's experiences and you don't have to feel compelled to interject your opinion about frankly anything. Just listening is so much more important. You learn so much more when you're listening to stories of other people and what they've gone through. I mean, you and I, obviously we have no clue what it's like to grow up black in America. Like we, Don't have that we're both straight white dudes like we you know we have to be aware I think of our privilege at all times we have to be aware of the struggles of others and we have to be willing to listen and to take that into consideration and to you know accept the critiques and if we misstep in our allyship we have to be willing to you know take those lumps that's the only way that you're ever going to learn that's the only way you're ever going to be an effective ally and an effective uh, tool to help amplify the voices of others and I think that what I'm seeing from a lot of hockey players is just that willingness to kind of engage and to try to be better allies essentially you've seen guys like Jonathan Taves in his statement you saw Patrice Bergeron make donations to multiple organizations and that's a guy who doesn't exactly like talk about this kind of stuff like at all Patrice Bergeron isn't even on social media he had the Boston Bruins send out that statement on his behalf and said that he's putting his money where his mouth is like that to me speaks volumes you know about how impactful this is for players and it's kind of amazing that there they have these types of attitudes frankly enlightened attitudes in a sport that Really has not been friendly to African Americans or to Black Canadians, in all honesty. And I think that it's really it's been refreshing to see that. And I really hope that this uh, language continues to come with some action attached to it, because in reality, that's the only way that anything is going to get done.
1: Well, and James, you made you made a good point too, and and you said that sometimes when we're being allies, we're going to make a mistake, and we're going to slip up, and we're not going to do the right thing, or we're not going to, you know. What I've said all along is, and I I kind of stole this from the TV show, The Good Place, is a question that came up a lot in that show is what do we owe each other, right? Like, what do we owe each other as citizens of Earth? And the conclusion is sort of we owe it to each other to try to be better every day. And it's not linear. You don't become a better person in a straight line trajectory up. There's going to be peaks. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be days you struggle. Look, there was a day this week where I just didn't want to deal with it and I just tuned everything out and there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity right and that is the privilege I have as a white guy where I can tune in tune in or tune out to racial inequality it doesn't affect me every day but I needed a mental break but at the same time as I took that break I recognized the privilege I have to have the ability to do that that's it that's all people are saying when you know i know the the sound, the term white privilege seems aggressive to people who don't understand what it means but it means you can drive through any neighborhood you want without suspicion and without a police car following you for 3 blocks and yeah. it's the privilege of getting pulled over and not being fearful that this could be the last time i get pulled over right that's privilege And just it it goes so much deeper than that. So anyway, we're not going to we're not going to spend the whole show on our high horse, but we have to mention it. And um, I think that uh, I've been very impressed with the way Jonathan Taves handled things and Zach Smith and a lot of guys around the league. Tyler Sagan, you mentioned Patrice Bergeron, Gabriel Landeskog had a good statement. Um, And, you know, I, I had someone on Twitter say, oh, you know, you're really easily impressed when these PR firms write these letters for these guys. I don't think that's the case. Maybe I'm naive, but I'm you know, I I think that's a really cynical way to look at things. Um these seem like they're from the heart. And look, you know, we talk about racial struggle especially in hockey. The Akeem Alou story is not new, right? That's something right. that we we saw the follow up to that a couple weeks ago. The story was a couple months ago. That's one guy out of how many African American hockey players that have gone through that. It's just, you know, just listen, 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 listen. That's all. That's all I have to say about it. And um, let's just hope that if anything good comes out of this, it's that you know a, a, a slight change is made and for the better because it needs to happen.
0: I did. I did want to bring up what Zach Smith said because he did have a really. He kind of like echoed some of the stuff we were saying earlier about hockey players not being known as like the most like you know worldly guys I guess like they're it's a very insular culture like yeah. a, speaking out really isn't like part of their DNA but he even addressed that in his comments and I'm going to read a little bit of it for the benefit of our listeners as hockey players we sometimes come off as robots in our interviews and stay clear of opinions on most social issues and controversy personally I don't like posting my opinions on social media these days for several reasons however with the amount of racist people especially those in positions of power being exposed during this movement. I felt the need to show my support for the black community and the need for change. I mean, it, that says it right there, right? Like th- you obviously not used to like sharing opinions in like these types of forums, but this is a, this is a moment in history where there's a clear demarcation. You like basically at this point, I don't think neutrality should really be, an option. I think you either stand up or you stay silent. And if you stay silent, you're ba- you're basically endorsing the status quo and the status quo isn't good. Like I think it's up to us to really stand up and to really affect this change and like you mentioned, Jay, we as white people do have like this ability to kind of tune it out because it doesn't necessarily impact us but we have to recognize the signal that that sends. And that's part of the reason why, even when it's been uncomfortable, even when it's been painful to contemplate and watch or cover or whatever for me this last week or so, especially, I've just continued to like dig in and to continue to deal with it because there are people who don't have the option to just tune it out. And I'm glad that so many athletes and so many people of all stripes are standing up and finally saying something. Because again, I just, I don't think neutrality is an option anymore, man. Like you said, this isn't a political issue. This is an ethical issue and an issue of right and wrong.
1: Yeah. And I know, I'm, I'm sure there's people listening right now that are wanting to tune it out and are frustrated. And I know it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable thing to look at yourself and to evaluate the life you've had and the privilege you've had. It's not easy and it's not an easy thing to face. And I think the first response when confronted with these things is defensiveness, and I'll I'll point the thumb at myself too. When I actively started, you know, looking to make a change in a way I became aware of things, right? Like I wanted to have a better understanding of people around me. Um, it does feel like you have to defend. Your, well, I'm not like that. I'm not ra- I'm not racist. No one said you were. But here are the fact. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it is a it's a tough thing in any topic, really. To look internally and evaluate yourself. And anyone who's gone through therapy would probably agree that the first month or two of therapy is exhausting. It's really hard to turn the mirror on yourself and look at yourself honestly. And I've been going to therapy since my sister died in 2017, and it's still a struggle. I still find myself being defensive about everything, not just about race or whatever. But anytime you have to turn the mirror at yourself and take a deep look at why you are the way you are, why you feel the way you feel. It's challenging, but I think we owe it to the rest of society and the people around us to challenge ourselves and to make ourselves uncomfortable a little bit and uh, and really evaluate the way we look at these things. And and, and look, it's one thing, and, and activism comes in many ways, shapes, and forms. Maybe you don't have money to donate. That's perfectly understandable. Maybe you don't have a social media ch- you know, channel with a lot of followers. That's understandable too, but you can pick up a broom. You can, you know, go help out some, there's ways to help and helping should not end when this story, when the news cycle moves on from George Floyd's murder and it will, it'll move on and life will get back to semi-normal soon, but let's hope that, you know, we all remember what happened and, uh, and continue to fight in whichever way we can for what's right. And that's, uh, you know, I think again, what do we owe each other to be better every day? That's it. Yeah. Anyway, you want to hear about a man, poor boy? So sandwich?
0: <laughs> between this, <laughs> between this and coronavirus, this has been a really—it's uh, been an odd time to have a hockey podcast, man. It has been it feels so. It, it feels almost <laughs> frivolous, but then you realize like the escapism is a valuable thing. It's just you do have to acknowledge what's going on in the world I don't think we can plug our ears and close our eyes and pretend it's not going on
1: right well you know what from here on out um, we are going to stick to the hockey for sure but um, it would be irresponsible for us with the platform we have to not say something and to not share the comments of uh, the Blackhawks captain and Zach Smith as well and and other guys around the league because I think it's it's when guys step out and they take a chance like that and I promise you Jonathan Taze was uncomfortable when he hit that send button but he did it, mm-hmm. and that was the right thing to do. Um, but let's, before we take a break, want to tell everybody about our friends at Mariska's in Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street. They're owned and operated since 1933. And, yes, sir, despite the coronavirus, they are open. Go to Mariska's.com, check out that menu. But the first thing you're going to want to try, if you've never been there before, is that world-famous Poor Boy sandwich. But the burgers, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, everything at Mariska's is terrific. I recommend the twice-baked potato The onion rings are great. James, he loves the Yodel Burger, which is absolutely delicious. So hit them up, marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So check them out. And I want to remind everybody, too, about our friends at Triple Threat Sports, they are making masks by the thousands every day. So email Chris at TripleThreatSports.com. On the Madhouse Podcast Facebook page, I posted a link to the latest update on the masks they're producing. You can order one, you can order 10,000. Hit up our friends at Triple Threat Sports, 708-478-6090 for all your coronavirus mask needs. We'll be right back with more here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Today on News 4 at 4.
0: It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money.
1: Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can
0: take at home to protect them at school, and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4.
1: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name's Jay Zawoski. Out there in Bourbon A is my buddy, my friend, James Navo. Thanks for checking in. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Zawoski 670 and James is at James Niveau. Want to welcome a new partner to the podcast, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. This is a true story, James. I, a couple weeks ago, fell for an Instagram ad. I saw a Dr. Squatch commercial on there. I'm like, all right, this looks interesting and funny. Watched it, clicked through ordered, subscribed to their soap company, and the stuff came. And I am very, very happy with Dr. Squatch. And what, what we said about the sponsors we've always used are we don't endorse things we don't believe in. My hands, before I started using Dr. Squatch, literally would crack and bleed because I was using a three-in-one soap shampoo conditioner every day for the last two or three years. And it was killing my skin. And I'm like, I need a change. So I I saw the Dr. Squatch ad and said, okay, this is interesting to me. Almost overnight, I noticed a difference. And right now, I'm feeling my hands and they're smooth. Go to drsquatch.com, plug in that promo code, Madhouse, and you'll save at the end. And that will help James and I out as well. That's the whole point of the whole partnership. You see, it's not a partnership without the Madhouse promo code. But check out their bar soaps, they've got shampoo, they've got conditioner cologne i know they're selling hand sanitizer which may be sold out right now but it will be back in stock soon drsquatch.com use that promo code madhouse here's what i recommend i got the pine tar soap which smells like a forest it's got oatmeal bits in it for the exfoliation which is what i need the cedar citrus is incredible smelling that also has the exfoliant but there's i think a dozen plus different scents of soap they make also the hair care kit is can't miss the shampoo, the conditioner. I also found out, James, you're not supposed to shampoo your hair every day. Did you know that?
0: I am married to a hairstylist, so yes, I knew that.
1: (laughs) I did not know that. I had been shampooing my hair every day and using the same shampoo as soap and wondering why my skin was dry. No, so I got the Dr. Squatch shampoo and conditioner, used the conditioner every day, the shampoo every other day, and my hair is squeaky clean and smelling great so i'm so pleased so drsquatch.com i'll have com. to touch
0: it the next time i see Ple- you
1: you can you can run your fingers through my hair i don't care it is mm. my my mane is luxurious right now i look like uh, kenny Rogers that let himself go that's what my hair <laughs> <laughs> that's what my hair looks like right now cuz i haven't had a haircut since what the first week of february so yes yeah, yeah, i haven't had a haircut <laughs> in
0: like 2 weeks i think
1: yeah it's not going great for my head but um Do- yeah. drsquatch.com Use that promo code MADHOUSE. We're going to put a link in the podcast description as well to go visit Dr. Squatch. Save some money, smell good, take care of your body. We are really pleased to be on board with Dr. Squatch. All right, couple things we need to get to in the hockey world. And, James, for the first time, there's been crossover news between the MADHOUSE podcast and the I'm Fat podcast. That's right. The Blackhawks have signed Czech winger Mate Chalupa. <laughs>
0: oh Jay, that's not how you say it. Do name. not ru-
1: James. Do not ruin this for me. Do not ruin <laughs> do not ruin the perfect podcast crossover opportunity for me. I know Do it's- not
0: ruin Mate Chalupa. Do I, not do it.
1: I know it's Halupa. I don't care. He will forever be Chalupa in my heart and my mind. And uh it was so funny. As soon as that happened, both of my podcast worlds like collided. Like all the listeners were <laughs> like, "You gotta be excited about this one!" Like, "Yes, I know, because I'm fat. I like Mexican food. Leave me alone." But yeah, you're very, definitely very getting
0: his jersey for sure. Yeah,
1: hell yes, yes I will. Uh, but that's funny. I don't. I, I guess the scouting report on Halupa is that he's like another bottom six David Kampf, uh, Maybe a little better than him. Maybe not as good as Dominic Cahoon, but an NHL depth piece i suppose you can never have too many guys like that who can help out yet like you had anton vadin last year guys like that who you can sort of plug in so i, I don't think Halupa or chalupa is going to be the next artemi panarin but it's never a bad idea to have um some extra help in the organization and that's what they got in the signing
0: uh for those of you not intimately familiar with Halupa's uh, statistics in the czech league I'm here for you. I've got the numbers. You want to hear some numbers, Jay? I got them. Please. He he set a career high last season in the Czech League in 50 games, had a whopping seven goals and 17 assists for, I'm going to try this, and it's going to be wrong, and I apologize to all of our Czech (laughs) listeners, Radek Kralov. Oh, of course. K-R-A-L-O-V-E. Kralov, I think it is. Kralov? Królov? I don't know. I am
1: not Czech, dude. I don't know.
0: I yeah. I I mean, I'm not even like Slovakian, so I don't even have that like going for me. But anyway, he is. He's from Czechia, and he has 11 career goals, and I believe it's about 120 games in the Czech league. So definitely a European flyer of sorts. I think for the Blackhawks. I think they're just kind of like you said, trying to see. You know, if they can catch lightning in a bottle with a guy, I mean, obviously not from a super competitive league like you know these. This is obviously like at least one step below the KHL, and you know we'll just see what he's got. Like I have absolutely no idea. I've never obviously seen him play. I'm not like intimately familiar with the Czech league or anything
1: like that. So well, you should be. You know, I, I, I. You know what? You're right. I should check it out more. Oh, was that a play on words? it was is that yeah. like their slogan like the nba is fantastic it's like check it check out check it out we're the check league uh-huh.
0: All
1: right. yeah we're we're fired <laughs> both of us and rightfully so um by the way something funny i saw on uh instagram it's not funny as much as infuriating not really Christopher for steeg chris, the- chris steeg's <laughs> son Jax, j-a-x Which is fine. It's not funny. So much is utterly infuriating. It's infuriating. No. Uh, Jax Versteeg. Happy fifth birthday, Jax. No, not happy birthday. (laughs) Screw you, Jax. (laughs) Chris Versteeg, who is Stigalicious on Instagram, of course he is, uh, posted a photo of his son, Jax, standing next to his birthday balloons. There's a big black five up there, and then underneath six Toronto Maple Leafs balloons and a Toronto Maple Leafs birthday cake, and then a birthday message from Matthew Kachuk. Here's what I'm going to say about this Steger. He won what? Two Stanley Cups as a Blackhawk. Uh huh. He will be remembered as a Blackhawk. Uh huh. And he probably has Marion Hose's phone number. Why in the hell? Would you choose anyone aside from HOSA if you had the choice to leave a birthday wish for your son? Just having HOSA speak your name give speak your name gives you supernatural powers and abilities. Everyone knows that. Why would he deprive his child of the Hosa touch? That is my question. That's poor parenting. I
0: will say I will say I understand the Matthew Kachuk thing. According to my math, I believe Jax would have been born when Chris was in Calgary maybe? It's
1: probably about right. Or maybe
0: like was growing like he was kind of like a young kid and like was while well, Chris was in Calgary, I don't know. All I know is that he played like 50 whopping games in Toronto. So screw that nonsense. You're from Lethbridge, man. Stop acting like
1: you're from Toronto. Cut it out, Chris. 5 years ago was 2015. I'm good at math. Math's good. That was the 2015 Blackhawks. They were pretty good. Then the Carolina yeah, and they won the Stanley Cup, yeah. Carolina and L.A. in
0: 2015-16. L.A. Mm-hmm.
1: He only played for the Leafs. Sorry, for... that's a reference
0: that a few of our L.A. Listeners what is it from? That. L.A. I just saw that. That is that is from um, Letter Kenny. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm from L.A. I
1: just, someone shared that <laughs> LA. video. It's, it's very true. My good friend Mike moved out to L.A. and he is like the one exception. <laughs> Oh, it's been a while since not you brought like up that. Mike from LA. LA. My buddy Mike from LA. He's bringing me some weed <laughs> from LA. What? What? Did I, did I say wow, that part You out? don't even need to do that anymore. You can get. Isn't there a dispensary in Homewood? Yeah, but it's always like, it's medicinal only and it's really hard to find. Anyway, wow. speaking of hockey. Um, when are yeah, we going to have a high, a high cast? That's what I want to know. Oh, my God. You've had a couple and you don't even know it. Um, <laughs> but, so, yeah. Uh, we should change the subject because there might be children listening. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Except weed, because it's legal and it's good for you.
0: Do about to say like <laughs> if you're if you're of age and it's legal, why would I tell you not to do it? Do whatever you want if you're of age.
1: I was trying to explain, to Addie, trying to explain to Addy like she's ten. She just turned ten last Friday, uh, two Fridays ago actually. And I I was like, it's so weird you're gonna live in this time where marijuana is legal. Like that is that's so, it's to me it's still a weird concept of like yeah you can just walk in and buy weed whenever you want and it's fine and you don't have to like leave and like there's no brown paper bag like just happily leave with weed and it's cool to have it and have it in your house and it's not a big deal i can't i kind of wish that. you
0: did have to leave with a brown paper bag you at least get like some of the mystery and the kind of suspiciousness <laughs> of the whole thing
1: yeah it's not so shady feeling anymore but i, yeah, I think that's I've not told cool you, man I told you before when I I went to L.A. to see Mike uh, last spring, we went into a dispensary called MedMen. And it was my first time in a dispensary because it was not yet legal here. And, like, it's like an Apple store. There's, like, iPads telling you exactly what every strain does. And, like, there's little glass cases where you can see everything. They have these little uh, plastic cylinders you can pick up. They're full of weed flour. And you can slide this little vent open, take a nice smell of it. Oh, yeah, that smells good. Oh, yeah, I can really smell Oh, yeah, it's terrific. Let me get some of that. There was a lady in there. She had to be, like, 70 with, like, a little shopping basket just full of stuff with pre-rolls and, and gummies and, <laughs> like, vaporizers and stuff. It was quite an experience the first time. And I don't think there's any dispensaries in Illinois that are quite like that yet where it's, like, a mm. boutique. Cause I, I mean, that the, sounds
0: like something they would do in, like, Lincoln Park or something. Maybe,
1: because I know the the Windy City Cannabis is the one in Homewood and uh, Posen. Those are the two close to me, and they're very, like, you walk in, there's a window, you give your name, you go sit down, and then someone brings you a menu. and you have So to it's order. like a
0: DMV? Kind of,
1: yes, yes. It's not like an actual, like, shop and browse kind of place like this MedMen was. In, in LA, but there's LA. I know there's a Med Men in Oak Park. I wonder if it's the same. I got to go check that out. That's an, That sounds like a fun weekend field trip for me.
0: Hey, how about you and I both go and do like a Facebook Live outside with our purchase?
1: Just you and I <laughs> laughing for an hour?
0: <laughs> or we can go golfing with the weed
1: even oh, yeah, That sounds really good. The other, uh about a month ago, uh, I took an edible at like 8 o'clock. Right when Addie goes to bed, I'm like, all right, by the time this kicks in, I'll feel good, you know, in an hour or so. So it's like ten o'clock, and I'm starting to feel it a little bit. Like I'm seeing I knew I was feeling it because I was in the bathroom looking at my mirror and I was just tracking my eyes. Like, look, my eyes don't move. My eyes are like a steady cam. I can move my head, but my eyes don't move. And I did that for probably a good eight to nine minutes. That's when I realized it was starting to kick in. As I come out of the bathroom, Addy comes downstairs and we're watching like old episodes of Scrubs. And I'm laughing like I don't you know me I'm pretty I'm pretty reserved I'm. I have like a, a lot of social anxiety even like even at home I'm kind of reserved
0: and so you're not like me yeah. no and
1: I'm no not like you at all but I'm cracking up tears in my eyes laughing at scrubs which is a good show but it's not hilarious and Eddie looks at me like dad what's wrong with you I'm like well you were supposed to be in bed two hours ago so <laughs> like, don't blame me like yeah. I had this timed out very well. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun night. Bah, Children back,
0: don't care about your schedule. Get over no, it. No, no.
1: Back in simpler times, when we only had a pandemic to deal with. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay.
0: <laughs> well, the grabassery <laughs> on this podcast has been brought to you by blah blah blah. Fry the coop. You forgot hey, fry the coop.
1: Perfect. Grabassery aplenty at Fry the Coop. No, they got hot chicken. That's what they're all about. I told the story of the donut sandwich last week. And like three people emailed us at madhousepod at saying, you said donut sandwich. You hadn't said that before. And I went and got it, and it was amazing. Fry the Coop is absolutely terrific. I've said this before. I've been to all the hot chicken places in Nashville, all the ones they say, like, if you think you know hot chicken, you have to go visit blah, 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 and this place and that place. I've been to all of them. Fry the Coop is the best one. Oak Lawn. They're at 5128 West 95th Street. Elmhurst, 623 West North Avenue, West Town 1529 West Chicago Avenue. They have on a Well Street Market, which is, I believe, currently closed because of the pandemic. But maybe with the new phase kicking in, it might be open again. But check that out before you head out there. But the donut fried chicken sandwich, it's fried chicken, pickles, special sauce, all served between a glazed donut. What more do you need to know? Go to Fry the Coop. Go get your happiness. Fry the Coop. Dot .com for the best hot chicken you've ever had James anything we have not gotten to in the wide world of hockey oh today max kellerman of espn said that hockey is not one of the four major sports and i saw hockey fans everywhere getting upset about it don't get upset about what max kellerman or anyone at espn says just know they have no there's no benefit for them to promote hockey because they don't carry hockey games under station so everything they say about hockey take with a grain of salt don't let it piss you off. People love hockey. I saw David Kaplan tweet in response to Max Kellerman that the highest rated games in NBC Sports Chicago history are all Blackhawks games. So there.
0: Okay, so I I gotta I gotta go ahead and ask Uh-oh. the question.
1: Stretching his legs out, I can feel it.
0: <laughs> um am I crazy for thinking that the concept of a big four sports leagues list is outdated? Yes. Am I crazy for thinking that?
1: No, you're not crazy. You're correct. Okay. So
0: my thing is that there are – I'd say in my eyes there's really three tiers that you should pay attention to here. The first tier is the NFL, obviously. They're the biggest sports league in America by a mile. Everybody pays attention to the NFL, whether casually or otherwise. And then I also put the NBA in that tier because of its worldwide impact – So I think that, like, the NFL and NBA are kind of on their own tier. The next tier down to me is MLB, which, by the way, get your act together, morons, and get back on the field eventually. Like, there's so much we can get into with that. I'm just going to go to my Twitter account. You'll see who I'm yelling at. It's the owners. It's not the players, whatever. So I put them on that tier. I put college football on that tier because I feel like college football kind of has that same thing that the NFL does where there's some casual interest in it. Like, a lot of sports fans have a team that they follow, whether they went to that school or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people watch, like, bowl games and the national championship. Like, those are obviously big-time sporting events. So, I I do put that in that list. Yeah. And then – and then I'm debating whether or not hockey goes into Tier 2 with those two or if it goes into a Tier 3 with, like, NASCAR. What do you think?
1: I think it's probably somewhere in between. I th- Here's what I think about hockey. I think hockey is very regional. I think most oh, yeah. hockey fans are fans of their team, and then mm-hmm. once their team's out of it, they don't care anymore. Yep. Right, like, how do you know many... a lot of
0: casual baseball fans who will just watch any baseball game that's on TV?
1: I know more of them than because I think baseball is a weird comparison because I lo- Matt Spiegel always says this: baseball is your companion sport. It's a sport that can be ignored, but be on. It's for mm-hmm. ambiance. It's for tone. So I think it's like golf. I think yeah. I think a lot of people put baseball on and they're they're air quotes watching it but they're not living and dying with every pitch. I think the one sport that really lends itself to watching a game that really doesn't matter to you is football. I think people will watch a pro or college football game simply because it's on and pay attention to it. Um, But I think the other sports like that, they're more passive. And I do think hockey is, whether you think it's a big four, big whatever the hell, um, hockey is more of a regional. I am passionate about my team, and when my team's out, I don't really care because even Mm. I find myself – in a normal time when sports are going on, I find it tough watching those Wednesday night hockey games on NBC Sports Net because if it's like the Leafs and Flyers, like okay, I'll watch it, but I'm I'm not going to prioritize it over things. But like Thursday night football, Monday night football, I usually prioritize if the Hawks aren't playing.
0: Yep, I I and it's not just because I work at NBC, mind you. I do watch Sunday Night Football every week. Oh. It doesn't matter who's playing. I'm watching
1: that game. I love Sunday Night Football, I think, is the best produced sports broadcast. It feels big. <clears throat> That's how Monday Night Football used to feel. Yeah, I was Monday just Night, about yeah, to say that. Wherever, it was always an event. Sunday Night Football, every game has the feel of an event. Part of it is Al Michaels. Part of it is Chris Collinsworth. But the production is is incredible i love the production of of sunday night football it's great And the
0: music gets you pumped up doesn't it yes
1: absolutely just like hank williams jr used to do yeah with uh, are you too young for that you know hank williams jr no i know about okay
0: yeah i know are you ready for some football that song like you want to run through a wall after you hear that that's right it's it's not in the same league as round ball rock but then again (laughs) nothing is
1: have you ever seen the snl bit about round ball rock
0: Yes, basketball, <laughs> give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to
1: talk it. So that's, it's Jason Sudeikis is John Tesh, and then Tim Robinson is his brother who like writes the lyrics to the song. He was on the TV show Detroiters, which I – he well, he was on SNL, obviously, first. Detroiters, which is my favorite show that no one watched because Comedy Central did a terrible job promoting it. Uh, and now he has a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave, which is – absolutely bizarre but if you're into weird comedy i think you should leave you will love it it's hilarious and tim robinson is the mind behind that show
0: so some but seriously watch us. that round ball rock skit it is ridiculous <laughs> for sure it's so funny
1: all right i think we've gotten everything we have properly shamed Christopher for for his poor parenting yeah we have talked about uh the good statements. so hopefully soon we'll have a little more hockey content to discuss um, but look, Blackhawks and Oilers. We're getting to the point where we're going to have to start pre- previewing that series. And I saw The Athletic did it this week. They started previewing the series. And boy, watch out for those Oilers special teams. Ooh, boy, that's going to be rough. Yes. Yeah. But with
0: that. <laughs> Do not look at their power play stats. You will be scared.
1: Or their penalty kill. <laughs> They're, I think their first power play and second penalty kill
0: it's ridiculous like that that's the recipe for success man
1: yeah stay five on five and you got a chance that's going to do it for this episode of the madhouse chicago hockey podcast for a second forgot which podcast i was doing thanks for tuning in his name is james Naveau. my name is jay zawoski we'll be back with you very very soon with more hot hockey conversation on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
0: the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's and Crest
1: Hill, and by Fry the Coop.